for the show. Do this look like work to you? Nah. Looking at the lights like it's all it is for me. Everyone in night is here. All it is for me. Hands in the air. Yeah, all it is for me. Bottles over here. All it is for me. All it is for me. All it is for me. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back in for another edition of The Rome Show here on Hamilton Radio, Channel 2, hamiltonradio.net, facebook.com, slash andrew.romanella. I am your host, Andrew Romanella, coming to you on this beautiful, I think like 72-degree day. It's Monday. It's September 30th. It's 101 at Hamilton Radio, and I am super excited to be with you, ladies and gentlemen, today. We got a lot on the docket. MLB postseason starts tomorrow. Super stoked about that. The NFL is going everywhere and anyway, as it usually does in the month of September. And we have a special guest calling in to the Rome show today, my man, Jamie Quinn, the head baseball coach at Fairleigh Dickinson University in Florham, good friend of mine as well. We have a plethora of topics we want to talk to Jamie about today. We're going to remind you that if you want to get on the show, we need you to call in 609-807-2492. And anytime, anytime, while Jamie's here, while Jamie's not here, whatever it is, you can call in, get us on the Facebook. I got it up. I'm getting better at it. I appreciate when the people get on it. Of course, Twitter, Coach Romo24, all of those good things. Listen, straight off the Rome today comes off the heels of something that just happened in the studio prior to me getting on the air. So my, my man, Ruben, our fantastic producer here at Hamilton Radio, was putting my disk drive into the um, computer system so he can play my intro music. And something popped up on the, the music, and it was an intro that I played from a pilot podcast, I don't know, maybe like three years ago. I, I did the whole thing on GarageBand. I, I, I did up this cool little intro. I think Ruben kind of mixed it into the intro today, which was super awesome. And it just popped into my mind. And it just reminded me, and it's something I think that a lot of guests on the show here have talked about. I've talked to a lot of fellow Romo sapiens about this as well, especially my fellow Romo sapiens in the sports coaching world. But you got to just follow your dreams. And, and what I, why it sparked that thought is because I just started laughing to Ruben. And I said to him, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a pilot episode that I made three years ago to see if I was even good at podcasting, to see if I even knew what I was doing and to see what I sounded like. And just, you know, even just taking that little shot, not even playing that with anybody, Ruben putting my disc thing into the computer and finding it, uh, it just brought back a lot of memories of, of what, it's, what it's been over the last three years, what you do to get to certain points. Um, and I don't think where you are in your life today is where you're going to end your life because then there's not a lot of growth and development there. But um, for, for this case, you know, that single podcast led me to the path of 
the Dab Podcast with my guy, Anthony Rinaldi. Um, and then that led me here to Hamilton Radio for the Rome Show. And those are just dreams, ladies and gentlemen. And, and, they're, not, and they're dreams that it doesn't matter about the financial gains that you get uh, on the back end. It doesn't matter about the stardom that you get. It's about starting, getting started. Um, and I was just so pumped when Rube, when Rube played the 27 outs, I think I called it, the 27 outs podcast hosted by college baseball coach Andrew Romanella. And I was supposed to teach you different things about the game of baseball. I don't know. We could maybe still do it. Um, but it just reminded me to tell you people out there today, you just follow the dreams. Um, you don't know when it's going to pay off. Um, Bill Winters said this. There's, you can't just have quick success. There's no such thing as overnight success. Um, but you have to be able to be willing to put yourself out there, be vulnerable, and follow your dreams and be stoked about it and have fun doing it and ride the waves. There's ups, there's downs, there's in, there's outs. Um, my guy Q, as I call him, Jamie Quinn, when he calls into the show, he's been there for a lot of my waves, a lot of my ups and downs. Um, and that's why you build those relationships and you have those people in your life to help you get to where you want to get to because if you can't get to your dreams by yourself, whether it's your family, uh, your girlfriend, your wife, whatever support system ha- you have, your group of girls, your group of guys, whoever it is, you can't get there by yourself. Um, but you sure as hell can start it by yourself and find out what you want to do and have a little bit of fun doing it. So maybe I will release that 27-ounce pilot. Maybe I won't. Um, but all I know is that without that little piece of audio, that 27 minutes in my apartment three years ago, uh, I might not be talking to you today on Monday, September 23rd. Excuse me, September 30th um, on the Rome Show. So that, that fires me up. So follow your dreams, humans. It's positive. It's positive. Um, the other thing off my Rome today... Uh, to get the Rome show started, is the state of California is making some history. Um, And by the way, just as a side note, if you want to call in and tell me about your dream starting, 609-807-2492, because I would love to hear, or or get it on the the social media as well, but some other people that have been there before, um, where you start doing something and you know you're the only person that is is doing this with yourself, for yourself, um, but it's a dream you want to get started. 609-807-2492. 2492. We will take those calls all day because I would love to hear and be inspired by some other people out there calling into Hamilton Radio. But the state of California is making history waves, waves of history when it comes to NCAA athletics and the opportunity for players at the college level to benefit from their likeness, from their name, from their image. It's something that we've heard a lot about in the last few years. Um, I believe, I want to say it was a quarterback from Northeastern maybe um, that, that filed a grievance against the NCAA a few years ago saying that players at that, that the Division I college football level are, are, should be employees of the college and be able to make money off their name. All of those things, it, it's a heavy debate. What the state of California did, Governor Gavin Newsom, um, accompanied by a one LeBron James, who um, I think it's great. You know, I think a lot of people hate on LeBron. I hate on LeBron for a lot of things. A lot of people hate on LeBron when he gets involved in the college athletics thing and the talking about education because he didn't go to college. But, like, that doesn't mean that LeBron isn't, A, educated, or, B, doesn't, can't and shouldn't help the education systems in any way possible. I mean, the, the man's open to school, and he constantly gives scholarships to help kids go to college That's what we're talking about. We need more of that. So one thing I'll never hate LeBron on is his ability to want to help, whether it's students, student athletes, or just the general 
any kid that might not be fortunate enough to go to college, he can help them out, help them get that education. I'll, I will never jump on that. So LeBron James, along with Governor Gavin Newsom, signed a law uh, that's going to go into effect in 2023. And the, uh, the law um, is pretty, it's pretty cool because it's not that the student athletes are going to be employees of the college. But it's that the student athletes now have the opportunity to make money off of who they are and what they put onto the field. And I think that is uh, a lot of people make the argument, oh, well, they're getting a full scholarship to go to the school. A lot of other kids, you know, they don't get a full scholarship to go to school. I understand that and I get it. But at the same time, did the, did the other kid, and yes, he put, he put his time and his efforts into the academics where he can get almost a full ride academically as well. Every student has that opportunity. But if you put in the time and the effort and the energy uh, while you're growing up to become a Division One athlete, to get a full ride to go to college, I don't care what anyone tells me. You can't just say that's their only payment because, listen, I get it. I get it. Yeah, they're going to school for free, and I agree with that because being a Division Three baseball coach – not being able to give kids anything at all. Like, you can't even write their name on a tweet. Like, I can't have a kid commit to Fairleigh Dickinson, and I can't go write, hey, I'm super amped that Johnny Appleseed, left-handed pitcher from whoever, wherever high school, committed to F. No, you can't say that. It's illegal. But I can throw a vague tweet out there, super pumped about this tall, lanky, left-handed pitcher who's coming to play baseball in this area, and it's exciting. I mean... That's ridiculous. That's absurd. These kids deserve because they're putting in the time. They're putting in the extra effort. Being a college athlete is a full-time job. People don't realize that. So if, okay, they get a full scholarship, right, that's all they get. But yet the school, the NCAA, the conference, and so many more people reap the benefits of what they're doing every Saturday, the effort that they're putting in. So what this law merely does is it gives them the opportunity to make money off themselves. It's not saying we're going to pay them to play. Paying them to play is essentially giving them the scholarship. Giving them the opportunity to make money off themselves is America, right? I mean, isn't that your, your freedom, your liberties, right? You can go and make money. So if I want to do X job, it's my decision to do X job. So if I am a college baseball, a football player, basketball player, and I'm really, really good, and someone comes in and says, hey, I want to put you on a video game, why can't I do that? That's absurd. That's me making money off of my likeness, my name, my brand, who I am, right? Isn't that what professional athletes do? So let me, let me, let me ask you this. If we're going to be setting these kids up for life and learning how to make money, why aren't we going to allow them to make money off of what their best asset to make money off of is themselves. So now, because of Governor Newsom, because of LeBron James' push, the state of California, starting in 2023, is going to give these kids an opportunity to do that. And that's all it is. It's not paying them to play. No, it's giving them the opportunity to make money off themselves. So if I'm Saquon Barkley at Penn State circa two years ago, and I know that I'm going to be the number one, two, or three pick in the NFL. And six months prior to me getting that contract, to signing that deal, to getting a Nike deal, whatever it is, right, I go out and I make money off myself, I maybe go do an autograph signing. 
Maybe I sign a thousand footballs and throw them up on eBay. You're going to tell me that that's not okay? Why? That's just living the American dream, in my opinion, right? So why aren't we going to allow these kids to do that? So I'm pumped that somebody is standing up to the NCAA, and I work for the NCAA in theory, right? But I'm just pumped because there isn't enough. And, you, and I, I know you can make the argument. They get full scholarships. Okay. And I'm going to make the argument back every single time that they put the time in to earn that full scholarship. No, not every kid is born with, with God-given talent. No, not every kid is born with the ability to get drafted into the NFL or the NBA or the NHL at 18 years old or the MLB. It, 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 not every kid is born with that ability. So more times than not, the kids at the college level, see, people see everyone on Sunday and see everybody in the NBA and they see everybody of the big names that they know in Major League Baseball and maybe when they got drafted, i.e. Bryce Harper, guys of that ilk, right? And they see these guys and they just automatically assume it's just been that easy their whole life. No, it hasn't been. And A, that's the first point. And B, how many kids aren't them? How many kids graduate? Maybe they don't graduate, right? Maybe they're a stud for three years. And we'll use football for this example. They're a stud for three years. They're going to be the number one overall pick, right? But they never have the opportunity to make money about, uh, because about their name, their brand, whatever it is. They can't make that money because it's illegal. Now, they're about to be the number one overall pick, right? They go play in their first preseason game, number one overall. Take it back a step. They're in the combine training, tears his ACL. Now he goes from the first pick to maybe the third round, you know, 23rd overall because it's a real bad tear, tears the ACL, tears the MCL, right? And that's happened, and it can happen, and it always will happen, right? Now that guy doesn't get the contract he was supposed to get. He doesn't get the money he was supposed to get. And now, as opposed to being a, man, we'll probably keep this guy for four years, play out his rookie deal because we drafted him in the top ten. He's a third-round pick. We can get rid of him anytime we want. Now, that kid's whole life trajectory just changed in the blink of an eye, right? And we didn't give him the opportunity to make money off of his own brand while he was in college because why, why should we allow him to do that? So now he doesn't have the money that he thought he was going to have. He doesn't have a college degree, and he didn't have the opportunity to make money while he was in college because he was a Division I football player, and he couldn't make money off his likeness anyways. So what money does this kid have to do life at 23 years old? And can he go back to college? Sure. Most guys, most coaches will honor the remainder of that kid's scholarship. Sometimes the NFL will do it. I know the MLB has the program as well where you want to go back. You want to, you want to finish your degree. You're in there. You're ready to go. But it's one of those things where if they have the opportunity, that could be the only time in their life. They have the opportunity to capitalize on who they are as an athlete because they're not going to be Mike Trout. They're not going to be LeBron James. They're not going to be Kevin Durant. They're not going to be Tom Brady. And now, you know, Tom Brady, yeah, he was like a seventh-round draft pick or whatever. But the point being is not everyone's going to be that guy. So to give these kids the opportunity to make money off of themselves when there's a serious opportunity for them to make money because maybe they're the starting quarterback at UCLA um, or, or, or USC or whatever it is, um, they can do that. And I, I, I'm, I'm stoked about it. And I'm excited about it, and I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm curious to see if other states start to jump on, um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, if, if you feel 
on the opposite side of the fence or, or you disagree or even if you do agree, give me a shout, 609-807-2492, um, and we'll get you on here. I'd love to hear your opinion. And, of course, um, you can get me on the Facebook, the Twitter, the Gram, absolutely any of those things. Um, and we'll, and I'd, love to, I'd love to get the opinion on, um, on how you feel because I just think it's awesome. I think it's awesome now that if, if I'm if – I'm, one of these football players, these basketball players that, that's got a good brand while I'm in college, well, hey, you know what? If I'm in college at a California institution in 2023, I, I can go do an autograph signing. I can make a little bit of buck on the side, and I, I have the opportunity to set myself up for college after college, which is the most important thing that we're, we're doing for all of these student-athletes and for the guys that don't end up being the dudes that are drafted and make millions and millions of dollars because that's, that's the 1%. And we're talking about the 99%. So I, I got it in my ear here that uh, our, our special caller is now on the line, which I'm super stoked about. So I'm going to welcome into the Rome Show head coach at Fairleigh Dickinson University in Florham, Mr. Jamie Quinn. Coach Q, welcome to the show. Coach, how we doing? Pleasure to be on. We're doing fantastic, and we're way better now when my thing pops up and says coach on the line, and I just know it's you, and it's, I mean, it's every day. So for the Romo sapiens or the humo, humans listening out there, this is an everyday occurrence. So for Q and myself, you're just jumping into what our normal conversations may be. <laughs> Absolutely. So we want to give you a little insight. So coach. I just talked a little bit about the NCAA and some, some stuff at the Division One level and how those guys on TV have the opportunity soon in the state of California to make some money off themselves. For us at the Division right. Three level, right, it's not the case. No matter how good the kid is at the Division Three level, it's not the case. Can you touch on, to the ladies and gentlemen listening, what the Division Three athlete looks like and how actually important Division Three athletics is more so sometimes than Division One, based on the development that a student athlete gets holistically. Absolutely, I think uh, the D three model um, is student athlete and student comes before athlete. So I think it's imperative that uh, when those athletes are you know attending their universities, that it's uh, their studies is a priority. And obviously, you know as well as I do in our program, that comes first and foremost. Um, very little will have a career professionally after their four years are, are over. Um, so what we try to instill is setting them up for success. And as you know, we call it uh, it's a 40-year plan, not a four-year plan, not a four-year decision to come to a place like SDU. So uh, we try to set them up for success after their college years are over um, because, you know what, they're going to be professional in something other than sports, you know, uh, career, uh, their lives, husbands, fathers, you name it, uh, family. So um, that's uh, it's very important to us as a staff um, and us as a fire department. I think that we just echo kind of what we hear from our, um, our leader of AD. So it's kind of uh, the synopsis of uh, the D3, you know, in, in my opinion, the D3 model. And I'm um, just trying to build up good character people uh, so they can go out in the real world when they're, when they're out of uh, FDU to, to, you know, impact society in a positive way. Well, Coach, I think we were super lucky when you took over at FDU that the, some of the players that were already in our program were actually, as we would call them, really good dudes. And mm -hmm. kids that took to your model of building a successful program. So bring us back about a year and a half when Coach Quinn gets hired as the head baseball coach at FDU Florham. 
and he says, I need to change this first. Where did your mind go? Uh, good question. Uh, first and foremost, culture. I think, um, you know, you know, you're going to know every answer that I'm going to say. I love it, the though. Listeners out there, um, the culture was the first and, and most important thing that we had to change. And I think that took um, basically the entire fall going into the winter. I think it took um, kids to understand the, the importance um, of being on the baseball program, that it's a privilege, not a right. I think they need to... Um, you know, just everything that we kind of delegated to them, uh, game day operations, you know, being on time, what does being on time mean? You know, it means really being a little earlier than being on time. Um, the professionalism, you know, like we had team meetings, you know, hats off, cell phones away, stuff like that. I think, but, you know, I think in year one, especially the fall, I mean, we had a, a giant roster size. We were inherited almost 60 kids. So it was more so trying to evaluate and change the culture. Um, and it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, I think right now we're actually seeing the fruits of labor in our second fall where guys know what's expected of them from all the returners and the returners that have, they've all bought in and they're actually grooming the incoming transfers or freshmen uh, currently. So that kind of like helped those new guys up to speed a little bit. So there's not a whole lot of drop off, but I think, you know, the structure, um, discipline, um, you know, we call it standards. We don't have any rules in our, our program. Obviously, we do have a code of conduct, but it's just standards and, and living up to that standard every day on the field, off the field, in the classroom, you know, with your peers, in the athletic department, um, you know, punctuality, accountability, and respect. And I think those three things that if our guys um, really take, take seriously every day, no matter what they're doing in their life, it will ultimately help them, you know, get to where they want to be as a career path, professionally, you know, academically, uh, throughout their four years here, and athletically on the field with us. And I think that's the beautiful thing, and we're talking to head baseball coach at Fairleigh Dickinson University, good friend of mine and the show, Mr. Jamie Quinn. Um, and I think you make a, uh, a good point there, Q, um, when you talk about setting them up for life. And when you talk about setting up kids for life, sometimes you realize that baseball is the best teacher or sport in general mm -hmm. is the best teacher. So we had Bill Winters on, former FDU football alumni, and he said that his time as a football player helped set him up for his career success. So when you go into the job every single day, do you think about how in 10, 15 years a kid's not going to be playing baseball, but he's going to be thinking about something Coach Q told him as how that helped set him up for that success? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, we try to talk every day when we circle up and address the team prior to or when we wrap up our training sessions that it's, it's more than just baseball. We have baseball, especially at the D3 level, as a vehicle to set them up for, for the rest of their life. And I'm a big believer that the game knows and the game is the teacher. So, so many valuable lessons are learned um, or lost, to be honest, on the field um, that, you know, Sometimes student athletes just take for granted, and that's kind of where we have to come in as the coach and the mentor and, and open that eye to what it's really about. Yeah, is it really about staying eligible, um, being, you know, getting stronger, getting faster, um, getting good grades, and, and competing on the field and helping our program succeed and get to the next level where we want to be? Absolutely. But all these things that they're learning, time management, discipline, uh, the structure, uh, teamwork, that will that's valuable components that they'll be doing in the real world in their career so my goal is when they're 
you know, um, when they're in a successful career is just to be calling us and being telling us stories about, yeah, that time that, you know, you addressed the team about X, Y, and Z and that nobody really got it. Well, now I got it. I got it in my career. And, and I, looking back, I, you know, I hope that they don't look back and wish they learned that. That's our goal. We hope that, you know, we can instill it while they're here um, so they, they can kind of improve on that and, and help their, their life as a college student athlete. Q, you know this, but I have to say it. I truly believe I'm a good coach now because I didn't learn it when I was a player. And I'm like, dude, I got to get these kids to know it because I realize so much now that even in my four-year college career, I probably didn't put enough stock into what my coaches were saying to me and how they were actually letting me know, hey, man, this is probably what life's going to be like. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I have one coach of mine in college, one of my first coaches, um, you know, I still think contact with him to this day, and I think contact with his son, who's a varsity head coach as well. And um, he, I think he said something like, "You're going to get something like 400 bats in your career, 500 bats, especially at a D3 level." And that's it. Then that's really it. <laughs> so think about that: 400 something at bats, and the blink of an eye, it's over. You know, then a lot of guys are going to be wishing that they could have put in more work, or not even more work. Like everybody jumps on the hard work, hard work. It's almost more efficient work you know the smarter work um where i think that you know really can um it really it really can help them down the road and you know that's what we're trying to do every day you know they're as good as i do that we're just trying to instill that stuff and and take the you know it's not just all about success that we've had as players or coaches thus far to get here that we're telling them we're also telling them about a lot of teaching them about the failures i mean to get where we've got and and the lessons that we've learned so um, you know, I just hope that our guys, that they can, um, they really digest it, they take it in, they let it marinate, and then they apply it. That's what it's all about, them applying um, our teachings and developing them as a uh, holistic person, you know. You talk about mentors. We talk a little bit about uh, the people that have helped us think about doing that. Uh, a lot of people don't know. Maybe they do know. They should know. Maybe they don't. But you are also... Um, the assistant coach for the Orleans Firebird in, Firebirds in the Cape Cod League. And I know Kelly Nicholson has had a, a huge effect on your career. And I think that touch on how your experience in the Cape has also helped you, both obviously as a mentor and as a baseball coach, and, and what those summers kind of mean to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Skip, is, is, he's the man. You know, it doesn't get real much better than that. I mean, you, you saw my uh, our his first season when he flew cross country to surprise me with a good buddy of his, Hal Leiter, at our game, and you saw how shocked that was. Obviously, Kelly lives in L.A. I don't expect him showing up in uh, end of March when it's pretty chilly up in the Northeast <laughs> to come catch a ball game or two. Um, so that's what kind of person he is, and I think the, the biggest thing I've learned from him in my four summers with him is that, you know, he's a good dude. Like, yeah, he wants to win. He, he, he's a great coach. He's a great baseball mentor. But he is a good dude, and he's about building up good character people. And I've just learned so much from him in four summers with him. About And then, you know, in the down summers, you know, in the off-season, excuse me, we're always calling each other. We're always texting each other. Um, but he's, he's taught a lot. But first and foremost, it starts with about being a good dude uh, and doing things the right way. Um, and then, obviously, the baseball things, they come, they come into play as well. But when I think about Skip, I just think about, you know, how much time he has invested into his players over the years. Um, you know, many have got to the big leagues. Many have been high draft picks. 
But, you know, it's cool to see when guys come back in the summers with their wife and young kids. Um, that happened last summer. F- former player, his, uh, I believe, Nate Fryman, the name slips my mind. I believe Nate Fryman came, played per skip, played in the big league, and he's in town and brought his wife and his two young kids. And, like, that to me, like, that's what it's about. Um, but, yeah, Kelly's been great to me, um, great friends. You know, he, he flew cross-country again in the same year for – for my wedding. So, um, yeah, if I could just be like half the manager that, that he is, you know, 20 something years from now, uh, I, I would take that in a heartbeat. When people think about the Cape, they think about the movie. I think it was summer catch. Um, mm-hmm. can you please explain to people a, that, that maybe unrealistic that movie is, but B kind of how the Cape Cod league operates, because I think in the baseball world and around the sports world, a lot of people probably know what the Cape is, but I would, I would bet to say that there are some people out there that just don't even understand kind of the point of summer baseball and kind of what you guys are doing up there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the, the Cape league, is the most prestigious college summer league in the country. So for people that don't know, college coaches will try to place their their college rosters in summer leagues. And there's probably about eight leagues or so spread out across the country. Um, and it is the premier of the premier. Um, the best, you know, it doesn't have to be Division One, but the best players in the nation. Um, there's probably about 10 to 15 scouts every night uh, at every game. Um and it's not like, you know, some people think, oh, it's a kid, you're going up there for the summer. <laughs> no, these guys aren't just going in the summer to hang on the beach. You know, that's probably the last thing that they do. They are, one, one we have games almost every night, six days a week. If we're in outs, you're playing seven nights a week. I think this past summer we played 23 games in 20 days. So it's wow. the closest thing that they're going to really get to professional baseball. Um, and, and that's their ultimate goal, to, to get drafted or signed, you know, the following June. Um, but their days are long. Usually the <clears throat> players are working clinic from nine to eleven thirty, uh, Monday through Friday. A couple of days, a couple of those five days, then they're go to early hitting at say twelve one o'clock. Uh, then stretch and BP starts around three fifteen three thirty. You know, then a little extra hitting or de- defensive development work after BP. Then boom, seven o'clock game. They get you know we get out of there late, and then you got to do it all again the next day. So really kind of instills the love of the game. Like you got to love it. You got to be good, obviously, to get up there, but you also have to to love and, and embrace the quote unquote grind. Um, and I, you know, if, if you want it bad enough, that's not a grind; it's just a passion. I think that word "grind" gets thrown around a little too much these days. But um, that's basically what it is: it's a 44 game schedule plus uh, three rounds of playoffs, um, and it's a it's a little humbling experience. A lot of the players come from these top tier, you know, Power Five conferences and programs, you know, where they have immaculate facilities, big league facilities and coach buses, you name it. They're, they're riding the yellow bus <laughs> from games. They are, you know, uh, I think two or three of the, of the organizations and we're one, one of them to be lucky, have a, a clubhouse where they can get changed before and after our uh, games and stuff like that. It just, and then all the fields are, are pretty good fields, but they're all middle school, high school fields up in, in Cape Cod. So it really kind of, it's very uh, Americana, to put it one way, it's, it's, <laughs> That's you know, America's pastime, you can't get better than a summer playing or coaching in, in Cape with great weather. And, you know, what really makes it is the people. And I am super fortunate to uh, coach under Kelly, work with great other coaches. I learn a lot every year from other coaches that I work with. We always, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. 
Um, and then it's the players, because that's what, that's what we're there for. We're really there to mentor and develop players in a short amount of time, which is we're, we're, we're there for like 60 days. So, um, But it's a great experience, you know, and if any listeners have gone up to the Cape, never been to a game, please, you got to get yourself to a game. And if you haven't been up there, um, it's a real nice spot to uh, spend a weekend in the summer. Yeah, and uh, as somebody who played four years of high school baseball underneath a manager in the Cape Cod League who you know pretty well, Jeff Trundy, um, I can tell you that uh, what Kelly does, what you do up there, those guys matter. Like you guys, what you guys do matters. Like uh, any though, there's a vibe I feel like having been around Trundy that I know Kelly brings to your club that Trundy brought to his club, and it's it's one of those things where you go up there and you experience it. You never want to leave it, and I'm sure that's why for you it's a part of something that you want to part for the rest of your career because it's not maybe an addiction, but it's one of those things where this is baseball at its core this is this this is what baseball probably felt like in 1925 when the game was first getting going just people happy to be there the lights on cell phones don't matter big jumbotrons don't matter just the game at its core and it's probably unbelievable experience yeah absolutely um it's very pure up there you know like i said it's just a great area um i'm super fortunate to be in orleans orleans is you know, I made my biased opinion, but I think a lot of other people in the league would, would have to agree. It's, uh, it's the best spot to watch a game. We got the hill down right field. We really have no stands. Just a few little small stands for, like, you know, kind of host families in front office. But mainly it's just you bring your chair, your lawn chair, your beach chair, and you sit out and, and you watch the best college players in the nation for free, no less. You know, there's no there's no admission that's charged. There's that's no unbelievable. For parking, it's. It's as pure uh, as it can get, um, and everybody loves going up there. From scouts, general, there's general. I've, I've seen a general manager from a big league club up there. Um, former big leaguers come up there and frequent. It's just, it's it's a really good spot, and it's it's very family friendly. You know, so to bring up you know uh, a family, it's 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 a really good experience, and you know, especially if you have kids, those kids really look up to. Uh, these players, you know, hopefully in a few years they watch them on TV. So I think the the relationships that are built in the Cape are they definitely last a lifetime. One hundred percent, and we always talk about it, man. Building relationships, one of the most important things in the entire world. We have head baseball coach from FDU Florham, Mr. Jamie Quinn, on the line. Jamie, before I let you get out of here, I got to get your opinion on the Metsies because I know you, like myself, are an avid Mets fan. They obviously did not make the playoffs, but in my opinion whether that matters or it doesn't i feel like they had a very successful year to that you say i say that yeah i mean i think they were i heard something yesterday they were 10 games under 500 last year now 10 games over 500 to end this year correct me if i'm wrong um you're right i think that they have a lot of pieces that can help them take that next step making the playoffs and and maybe making a run to the world series um I definitely believe that they have to address their bullpen uh, situation. So I heard something if they would have blown a, a third less save, they're right there making the playoffs easy. Um, so we all know about that. You know, we talk about our uh, our personal our losses last year, and if we could have changed, you know, a lot of loss of three runs or less. So I think the back end of, of games in the big league level or at the D3 baseball level, it is super important um, that you have uh, – guys that come at, can come out with 
stuff and, and really just throw strikes and command the strike zone. So, but uh, I think if the Mets kind of fix that this off season um, or just those needs that you never know. I mean, it looks like they're having fun. It looks like they're gelling. I mean, it's, you know, they were just, uh, I feel like they're a little bit streaky at times. Um, but, um, you know, you know me, diehard Mets fan. I'll, uh, I'll be pushing for the next year and hopefully they can make a run and, and make the playoffs. Cause there's nothing like playoff baseball in general. And there's nothing like playoff baseball in New York city. Cause it's, the the media the, the you name it the buzz of the city there's there's really just nothing like it um, and being you know we're both Met fans I think you might have went to the World Series I did in 2015 there's that that was an experience Unreal. in itself so you know hopefully the Mets can turn it around um, I wouldn't call it a bad season um, I don't know if they lived up to the standards they set for themselves and expectations though so. Uh, we'll see. You know what they say. So it's next year. Gotta, next year starts now. And that's so. a good point. That's a great point. And, and Brody Van Wagenen did set some high expectations for this team that unfortunately they didn't get. And, and last thing for you, right, because I'm just trying to do this math here, so tell me if I'm correct. You were probably about 14 years old when the Mets played the Yankees in the, the Subway Series in 2000, right? Oh, uh, goodness, 2000, yeah, I was about 14. Yeah, so 14, I was watching that World Series from the state of California. So I did mm-hmm. not get I, I obviously being a Mets fan felt the the whoa, this is crazy t- type feel. But you being a native Long Islander, being in the thick of it, what was it like mm-hmm. when that was going on? Because we haven't seen anything like that since. Yeah, that was pretty. It was pretty crazy, you know. I mean, usually if one team makes the World Series, the Yankees and the, the Mets aren't in the playoffs or the World Series, there's still that buzz and vibe. Um, and then vice versa, you know, in the Mets are in, in 15, they were in it and the Yankees weren't. There was still a giant buzz and vibe. But that, I mean, from what I can remember, I mean, goodness, we're going back a while, but it was um, it was like the Mecca, you know. It was like uh, Madison Square Garden on college basketball. It was the Mecca. Biggest city in the world, two teams, uh, cross-town rivals in the World Series. It doesn't really – get better than that i guess it could be you know to consider the the super bowl equivalent you know in, in baseball it really doesn't get better than that and um you know the fan bases on both sides are you know second to none so i think that that whole experience was huge i mean it really made me i mean i grew up a diehard Mets fan watching 86 Mets videos and whatnot but it really made me learn to love and really invest my time in what I want to do. You know, it kind of took me away from watching a whole lot of football, a lot of hockey, basketball, whatever. And I became like super invested in, in, uh, that year and in, in the world series in general, but also, you know, the Mets, you know, it's, uh, you're born into it. You learn to love it. They're blue collar. And, uh, but yeah, getting to your, your question, that answer that, um, that year and that, October was uh, pretty special. That's pretty awesome stuff. And I think that's what not enough kids, James, do anymore these days. They, they don't love the history of the game. Whether, whether we're talking right. baseball, football, basketball, doesn't matter. I feel like they don't really love what came before them and, and some of what made the Mets versus the Yankees a rivalry or the Yankees versus the Red Sox a rivalry. So today, it's not as cool to them, but for us growing up, that was awesome. Like, you lived for it. Yeah, definitely. I'm. Uh, I think I'm. I, I would call myself a baseball historian if I could. <laughs> you know, I love learning and watching documentaries of, of, 
you know, the time before us. I mean, old time, but then, you know, 80s and 70s, 80s, 90s, and just learning about um, the history. It makes you really, you know, when you win, it makes it that much sweeter when you know the trials and tribulations that that club has gone through over the years or or, or what have you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, kids nowadays, I would highly recommend them getting off their phones, getting off their Xbox, whatever games they play nowadays, I can't even tell you, and watch more baseball on TV. I mean, that's the way to get better. You know, a lot of programs have invested highly in, in video and data, this and that. There's a lot of video when you just turn on the TV and watch a baseball game, <laughs> you know, and, and really just watch and learn and listen. There's so much you can learn from these broadcasters. Um, obviously, I'm biased. I think the Mets boots the best in all of the big leagues. Facts. Um, but I, yeah, facts. But I think that you know, kids don't do that enough these days, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I, we always say to our guys, you know, go. You know, if we have an off night and you're going to want to try to go to the game, go to a game, go. You know, we had a bunch of guys go to the Met game on Saturday and witness uh, Keith Alonzo's uh, historic night breaking the rookie home run record. And you know what? I, I When I see that the kids were pumped that they were there for that, you know, that's cool, man. Like, I remember being at the NLCS, I forget what game it was, and Robin Ventura's Grand Slam single. I mean, that I remember the rest of my life, and that Shea was rocking, yeah. you know. And for those guys that, yeah, if they ask if we don't have practice, they don't have study hall or, or a game, heck yeah, go to a game, turn on the TV. You know, I think it, I think it really brings people together, the game of baseball. So the more the merrier. That is why it's America's pastime. And I can second everybody. I can second out there how many documentaries and how much baseball Jamie Quinn watches because more times than not it gets sent in a video or a tweet or something else to me so that we can help get our guys better. So I can second that, and it's awesome. Coach Quinn, you know, I'm going to see you probably in like less than 12 hours anyways. But thank Uh you. Thank you for taking the time on your off day this Monday to get on the Rome Show and talk to us. Hey, man, my pleasure. Anytime uh, you want me to come on in, I can even be your spot, you know, fill a spot if somebody has to bail. You know, uh, we, heck, we can even do it in the office. That's how oh. easy it could be done. So, But, yeah, my pleasure. I love talking baseball, FDU, you know, any of that kind of, kind of stuff. So it was fun. You'll be in studio next time, Coach. I promise you that. <laughs> well, horns up. We'll, I'll see you in the morning, huh? Horns up. I'll see you at the office tomorrow, Coach. All right, Coach, I'll talk to you. Have a good one. All right. That was Jamie Quinn, head baseball coach, also bench coach for the Orleans Firebirds in the Cape Cod Baseball League, head baseball coach at Fairleigh Dickinson University in Florham, my guy. Um, So much to dissect from Coach Quinn. Um, Before we do that, um, we're going to hear from our sponsor of the show, um, somebody over at 360 Management Services, um, wants to tell you a little bit. So hang on, uh, get your get your calls in after uh, we hear from our sponsor, Pay Our Bills, 609-807-2492. I want to hear from you here on the Rome Show, Hamilton Radio Channel 2, and facebook.com slash andrew.romanella. Tighten the lug nuts. The story of balanced leadership, we need you to head over to 36managementservices.com. That's the number three, the word 60managementservices.com. You can go to Amazon. You can go to iBooks. You can get it on the Kindle. Get it anywhere. 
Go buy yourself a copy of Titan the Lug Nuts. It's going to help you find that game-changing leadership aha moments. All right? It's an easy read. I tell you guys this all the time. All right? At the end of each chapter, you get a note on what you're learning from that chapter. So it's like you get the full book and the spark notes all in one. So head over to 360managementservices.com. Pick up yourself a copy of Titan the Lug Nuts and every book sold for the remainder of the 2019 year. A dollar will be donated to the V Foundation for Cancer Research. So not only are you going to learn your game-changing leadership moment, but you're also going to donate to one of the greatest causes out there, the V Foundation for Cancer Research. So head over to the number 360managementservices.com. Hey, man. If you want to chime in on the Rome Show, 609-807-2492, 609-807-2492. Get us on the Facebook. A few people have chimed in already. Um, and Pat Barry, uh, again on the Facebook, um, said, you know, Dom Smith deserves a little bit of credit. Or excuse me, deserves a lot of credit for what has gone on this year. He originally beat out Pete Alonzo for the 1B spot. Uh, excuse me, was beat out by Pete Alonzo for the first base position which is what started who Pete Alonzo is, never complained about it, never complained about playing time, never went to the media, or was divisive in any way. He was the number one fan for Pete Alonzo, and it takes a true man and a teammate to do that. And I think Pat Barry is completely correct on this one because, you know, and you saw the, the, the fruit of his labor pay off because Dom Smith, if you don't know, in the last game of the Mets season, hit a walk-off home run. It was his first at bat in a minute because he was uh, hurt. Hit a walk-off home run for the Metsies to win their last game of the year. So a lot of credit does go to Dom Smith for that. Lindsey Reichelt writes in, so true. Being a great student athlete is so much more than just being good at a sport. And a great coach teaches you way more than you even realize at the time. Great convo today. Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate it. We can we have Coach Quinn to thank for that, coming on here and dropping some of that knowledge for us. And, of course, Mr. Lugnuts himself, Rocky Romanella. Great conversation is never about the obvious, but about the unintended consequences. And so much, so much comes from those unintended consequences in a positive way. When you're teaching a kid about the importance of the little details when calling a first and third in the game of baseball is equally as important as when you show up to work and this, Quinn says this all the time. When you show up to work, you're supposed to present, and you say, ooh, I forgot my PowerPoint at home. Well, unfortunately, that may lose you your job, and that's not mean. That's just reality, and that is what we're setting these kids up for. A few things I want to dive into before we get into the MLB playoffs. Uh, Coach Quinn mentioned um, a 40-year decision, not a four-year decision, and I just want to touch on that more so than anything else because I, I am the recruiting coordinator for the program. So, of course, he, he mentioned it early in the interview. I'm probably going to know a lot of what he says. Absolutely, uh, but it's all important, and it's true. And it is a 40-year decision. We got the chance to have our alumni game yesterday, Sunday. Um, and we had alumni spanning from 1996 to 2019. Well, that's awesome. I mean, you're talking about 25 years worth of FDU baseball coming back, wanting to give back, wanting to see what's going on, how the program's doing. That's what you need. And that's what you're building here when kids go to school. And I don't care if this is to be an athlete, to be a, a non-athlete, or to do something else that the school offers. You want to graduate from an institution that you want to come back to. <laughs> That's the facts. Like, we always make jokes about how the, before you even graduate, schools are sending you the letters and envelopes to donate back. You're like, dude, I haven't even got my diploma yet. 
but you're still sending me stuff to donate. Yeah, well, it's true, but they're not doing that. Yeah, they're doing that because they need the money, but they're also doing that because people came before you and people gave back so that you, who is at the school for that four or five years, depending on what programs you're in, maybe eight, depending on what you're trying to do, people gave back so you could reap those benefits. So yeah, for 40 years, we want you to come back. And we don't just want you to come back for your financial gains to the school. We want you to come back to help other people do what you did, which is be successful. So if you're going to choose an institution, you're going to choose to go to school, you're going to choose to pay that money, those loans, make sure it's a school that you want to come back to that you're proud of for 40 years, that you're stoked to wear their gear when you're 50 years old holding your grandchildren. That's the type of school you want to go to. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a personal example. My family, and I am by default a Seton Hall fan. My family, I got 79 people that have gone to Seton Hall University in my family. But you know what? Every single one of them, every one of them, is as prideful of that uni- about that university as any university I've ever seen in my entire life. Their friends, their colleagues, people that they might have known for 27 minutes. I feel like every person that leaves Seton Hall University is super proudful to be a pirate. And I see that every day in my family. And it's rubbed off onto me. And it's something that we, and Coach Quinn talked about this, preach to our players, preach to our recruits. You got to love this place. Not just about the money you're putting in, but the time you're investing. No, I don't want to do my statistics homework tonight. I I want to get my master's, but no, I don't want to do statistics homework. But I got to do it. So if I'm going to invest that time, I'm going to make sure in 30 years, 40 years, the time I'm investing now is still paying off and is something that I want to do. And I want to come back. And I want to say, man, FDU really helped me reach this point of my career. St. Thomas Aquinas College is where I graduated with my undergrad. They helped me to this point of my career. I even still work there. I'm the color commentator for the basketball team for the last six years. That's what I'm talking about, right? If I didn't love that place, if I didn't want to go back, I wouldn't. And that's not good for them. Nor is it for any university, nor is it for you, the human being, that is spending the money, putting in the time and the effort to go to one of these universities or colleges. So if you learn anything from what Coach Quinn and myself were able to yuck up for the last 20 minutes, which is straight knowledge, by the way, and if you didn't listen, I'm disappointed, but you can get it on the Rome Show podcast. What did I just say? Releasing on Tuesday. My guy Ruben's been giving me the audio. We're going to start dropping that on the Wide World of Rome line on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. So uh, that'll happen tomorrow. That's super exciting. But listen, listen to what Coach Quinn said because he dropped a lot of knowledge in there about leadership, setting kids up for life, and what the important things are and how sport can teach us so much about life and set these kids up for life. So if you learn anything from us today, you, 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 I hope you learn how important that four years is for your next 40 and what that means for your career development. 609-807-2492 is the number if you want to chime into the Rome Show. A lot of people chiming in on the Facebook, which I, I just always appreciate. We get, we get, we're getting so many comments from the people, and I love it. We'll dive into a few more of those in a minute. 
as well as people that have wrote in on Instagram and Twitter. I appreciate you as well. We'll get to that in a minute. Coach Quinn and myself talked at the end there about the Mets. And Coach Quinn made a uh, a point, um, and I asked him about the 2000 World Series and how cool it was. And and he started the answer with, there's nothing better than postseason baseball. And I completely agree. There's nothing better than postseason baseball. And this week, postseason baseball starts in Major League Baseball. And I think I am super stoked almost more for the wild one-game wild card playoffs than I necessarily am seeing the ALDS series. And I'll tell you this. It's because I think it's a different Oakland Athletics this year. I think it's the year where Oakland can finally do something. But... The cool part about it is they're playing another small market team in Tampa Bay. And I just think that's such a great matchup because those are like two organizations we don't write off. But we never think about as perennial powers. But yet for the last five years, every time this time of year happens, we're talking about either the Oakland Athletics or the Tampa Bay Rays or both, which I think is super awesome. So, but I'm taking the Rays in that game. That game's on Tuesday. But then on the other side, we have some two cool stories as well. The Washington Nationals lose Bryce Harper. They're playing terrible baseball. They turn it around. They end up winning the top wild card spot and hosting the wild card game, while the Milwaukee Brewers lose Kristen Yelich and goes 15 and two in their last 17 down the stretch to not only get into the wild card but almost push the St. Louis Cardinals for the division in the Central. And I picked early in the year on the DAP podcast, I picked the Milwaukee Brewers as my World Series guy in the NL uh, team, not guy, that was stupid, in the NL. So that's why I'm going to have Milwaukee winning that game. So just to give you the lineup, here it is, okay? On Tuesday at 8 p.m., the NL wildcard game will happen. That'll be the Brewers versus the Nationals. At 8 p.m. on Wednesday... The AL game will happen. That will be the Tampa Bay Rays at the Oakland Athletics. Starting on Thursday and Friday, you'll start to get the ALDS and the NLDS. The other matchups in the ALDS, the Twins are playing against the New York Yankees, and then the Houston Astros will play the winner of that wild card game. And then in the NL, the St. Louis Cardinals are playing the Atlanta Braves. I love that series. I cannot wait. And the L.A. Dodgers are awaiting the winner of the wild card Nationals versus Brewers. Unbelievable baseball teams in this playoffs. And the best part about postseason baseball, and Efrain14 wrote in on the Instagram, we need to talk about the MLB playoffs, NL wild card game tomorrow. There's nothing better than October baseball. He echoes what Coach Quinn said, and it's the facts. The best playoffs in sport are baseball and hockey and then the Super Bowl. That's my humble opinion. 609-807-2492 if you disagree. Baseball, hockey, the Super Bowl. That is the way it goes for me personally. And I agree. And Efrain says it, right? There's nothing better than October baseball. And I think of all years in the last like five or six, this is one of the best playoff team setups I think we've had in a long while. And it's one of those years where anybody could win. This is not your as people would say, your father's Minnesota Twins. This isn't the Minnesota Twins that have lost like their last 12 against the New York Yankees in the playoffs. That's not this team. And this isn't the New York Yankees team that you say, ooh, we got to play the New York Yankees. It's actually, all right, I might rather play the Yankees in the first round than the Astros. 
the A's are not the Billy Bean necessarily led A's. They can hit home runs. They can swing the bat. They can pitch. That's why they are where they are. And on the other side, Atlanta's good. The Dodgers are good. And who the heck knows what the other three, but they've had a really fun season to watch, so it makes it really super interesting. I have some Romalytics for you on these wild card games. Your Romalytics for September 30th, 2019. In the last seven wild card games since Major League Baseball moved from one wild card to two and playing a one game wild card playoff, in the AL, the home team is four and three. And in the NL, the home team has a record of two and five. So, you know what that told me? It told me that home field advantage in the wild card does not necessarily matter because if you add the two up, the home team is 6-8 and eight overall in Major League Baseball in the wild card game. I chose one home and one away. We'll see what happens. But I thought that interesting because people talk so much about winning the home field advantage. Well, right there, that statistic, if you're going to be in the wild card game, if you aren't the team that is home, it's okay. Because it seems like history actually may be in your favor as well. The last thing I got for you on the Romalytics for today. In the history of Major League Baseball, six wild card teams have won the World Series. Six only. Now, the wild card has not been in existence for all of Major League Baseball. I believe it started in the 80s. And then two wild cards start, two wild cards in each division, so four overall. Started in 2012, but six overall ever have won the World Series. So my betting advice for you ladies and gentlemen out there, not that I can benefit from it because I'm an NCAA employee, but all of you can benefit from it, is that if you're going to put money down on a team to win, um, I'm going to say that you should put your money on a team that's not in the wild card. I would personally put my money on the Houston Astros. I just believe that they're the most well-rounded team, most experienced team in this playoffs. But if six have won it only ever, and the last one was 2014 San Francisco Giants, then uh, I would say I'm putting my money in other places. So some exciting stuff there in Major League Baseball. And we have two minutes here left on the Rome show. And I have a few more write-ins that I want to get to. Obviously, it's football season. I get it. It's Monday. Everyone wants to talk football. But, like, dude, there's a lot of other things we need to cover. We need to talk about our dreams and how they're important. We need to talk to Coach Quinn about the importance of leadership, building people up, building a program, learning relationships. And we need to dissect what the fans write in. And if underscore Efrain 14, one of my, my favorite teammates in college baseball of all time, might be my favorite teammate in baseball of all time, Efrain Bautista. When he writes in, when Jay Barbs writes in, when Dave Titer writes in, when these people write in on the Instagram, I got to respond to them. So Jay Barbs writes, Danny Dimes. And I agree. Giants fans, I want you to think about this. And we'll dive deeper into this on October, what is it, probably the 6th maybe is my next show if I'm doing my math correctly. I don't know. I could be wrong. October 6th or 7th. We'll figure it out. On the next Rome show, we'll dive deeper into Danny Dimes. But I think the Giants got themselves a quarterback. And I think Dave Gettleman, Pat Shermer, and the Giants organization is setting themselves up for ultimate success 
You know why? And this is what I'll leave you with today on the Rome show. Last off the Rome thought today. I watched him throw a touchdown going through every read possible in his offensive scheme before he threw the touchdown pass in his second start in the NFL. That to me, that's it. And I think my point to everybody is all of us talking heads out there, and I'm not going to call myself an expert, but these experts out here that, that, that crush everybody and say that it's stupid and it's dumb and they shouldn't have drafted him, they're not in the practice field. They're not in the meeting rooms. They're not watching video. They're not with Cutcliffe while he's developing Danny Jones at Duke. And Uncle Pencil called in about this last week, and I know he wants a new nickname. We'll call him Mr. Pencil. Mr. Pencil called in last week, and he started talking about some of the stuff about Danny Jones and that Duke and all this other stuff. And I said, you know what? He's right. We were all wrong because we didn't see him work. And I think what you're seeing now is the development he had in college and the importance of coaching for a player's development and preparation for success. And Danny Jones, I think, and he's got some stuff to work on. Can't be throwing picks. You know, got to hold on to the football a little bit better. Um, But I think he is what the Giants were looking for. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your Rome show for September 30th. I appreciate Jamie Quinn for calling in, dropping some knowledge. I appreciate my producer, Ruben for helping me out on the switchboard in the back. I appreciate you, the listener, for tuning in. Remember, you can get this show on facebook.com slash andrew.romanella if you want to rewatch, as well as look out for Wide World of Rome on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify because you can get the Rome Show podcast right there and not miss a beat. We will be back next Monday. Hit me up on Coach Romo 24 on Twitter and Instagram. Until then, I'm your host, Andrew Romanella. I thank you, the Romo Sapiens. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Are you looking to become a better leader, whether that's in business, in sports, or in life, and you haven't found a book yet to help you get to that game-changing aha moment? Well, we have the book for you. Tighten the Lug Nuts, The Principles of Balanced Leadership. Tighten the Lug Nuts will help you get to that game-changing leadership moment. Available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iBooks, or at 360managementservices.com. That's the number 360managementservices.com. Pick up your copy today and start changing your leadership styles. Do do, do this look like work to you? Nah. Looking at the life's life is all it is for me. Everyone tonight is here. All it is for me. Hands in the air, yeah. All it is for me. Bottles over here. All of this for me, for me, all of this for me, for me, all of this for me, for me, life fast, life slash, all of this for me, for me.